I'm Joe Casper, and this is our Death Perception Podcast. Our podcast discusses all of the mysteries and myths of the funeral business. When there is an exceptional or immediate home health care need or sudden death, what do you do? Who do you call? The two choices are either a person is on hospice care or you need to dial 911. I've experienced hospice care in my own personal and extended families. Hospice care doesn't change the course of life's action, but it is as good as it can be for your loved one. First, we are going to talk about hospice care. Then we are going to talk about what you do if there is a sudden death at home and you are faced with a funeral emergency. There is no greater love a person can share than giving the gift of care during a time of great personal and emotional need. There is no greater gift a person can give than to help a person who requires hospice or palliative care. These caregivers are very special indeed. For them, the gift of love is the gift of giving to others. We are continually inspired by the training, professionalism, compassion, and respect regularly displayed by these individuals. We applaud the hospice nurses, social workers, and other hospice professionals who choose to care for loved ones at this particularly challenging point. Hospice and palliative care are not easy callings, and we've found that the individuals who do answer this call are the very best of the best. Unless you have witnessed up close, as we have in our individual and extended family, the personal and loving care hospice and palliative caregivers give, it is hard to totally appreciate just how wonderful they are. They care and prove it every day caring for individuals and their families. Years ago, if people weren't physically doing well, they were either treated and cared for at home, pretty much on their own, long-term care in a nursing home, or a short stay in a hospital. That was then. This is now. That was before the advent of hospice and palliative care. Nationally, there has been a decrease in the number of newly constructed and previously existing nursing homes and an increase in the number of new and existing hospice houses. There has also been an increase in in-home hospice care. For people who are not doing well, the best choice is to be at home in hospice care. Then there are those who do not have family assistance and the level of care requires 24-hour medical support. For that reason, families are able to choose comfort care in a hospice house. Many nursing homes also have and maintain hospice care units within their facilities. Hospitals do the same as well. Comfort care provides people with the immediate medical care and prescribed medications they need. Comfort care has three levels. Level one is when someone is in some pain and discomfort. Level two is when there is an increase of pain and discomfort. Level three is when there is an immediate need to make the person in need totally pain-free. In discussions I have with families whose loved one is in hospice care, I ask them, what is the person's comfort care level? Many people don't know. They simply know that the person is in hospice care. Is it level one, two, or three? I suggest to them that they ask the hospice nurse. It is indeed timely to ask and learn the comfort level. Depending upon the comfort care level, the family member is able to pretty much determine both the level of care and a timeline for life. It is also important if there is a need to choose wisely when selecting a funeral and cremation service provider that subscribes to the same high standards of comfort care provided by the hospice and palliative care givers. As you can clearly see, if someone is ill at home and needs 24-hour care, there is an absolute advantage to getting that person placed in hospice care. What happens if someone dies at home and they are not in hospice care? Here's what needs to be done. A family member dials 911 and says to the police dispatcher, we have a sudden death. 
It is treated as a sudden death, even if the person who passed away has been ill for a while, but never went into hospice care. What happens next is the Calvary shows up, police, fire department, and EMTs. The emergency medical technician pronounces the person deceased. A medical person is needed to do the pronouncement of death, and that would be the EMT. The fire department is there because it is an emergency. The police officer is there for the same reason. Once the pronouncement of death is made, the EMT leaves, as does the fire department personnel. The police officer stays and remains there until the person is transported from the residence. The police officer then calls the medical examiner and says, we have a sudden death. The medical examiner then asks, what are the circumstances? Based on the police officer's response, the medical examiner will determine the course of action regarding the jurisdiction of the case. Does the medical examiner come and transport the person and bring them to the medical examiner's facility, or do they decline the case to an attending physician? If a named doctor has been treating the deceased person, the medical examiner will decline the case, and that attending physician will then complete and sign the death certificate. Once the medical examiner declines jurisdiction, then that means that either a family member names a funeral service provider to come and transport the person, or if there is no family next to kin that cannot be reached, the police officer begins to call funeral service providers to get one to come and transport the person. It is not as easy as it sounds to get a funeral service provider to come, especially if there are family members who have yet to be notified of the death of their relative. If there are no relatives and no one who is willing to step up and sign all of the needed documents, what does the funeral service provider do with the person they are about to transport? In effect, they own that person and can't do anything with that person until they do a relative search or get someone to step up and assume responsibility. Oftentimes, people being contacted will say they will sign and be responsible. Once the person is transported, they sometimes go to a change-my-mind epiphany and decide not to be involved. Anything any funeral service provider does without due process, they are on their own and at risk for whatever decision they make. Most funeral service providers want a family member to choose them, as opposed to a police officer who knows they can't leave until the deceased person leaves. Let's be real. Does the police officer care where the person is transported? Of course not. What is their agenda? They need to get the person released so they can be released as well, and they can then leave. The medical examiner is out. They have declined the case to the attending physician. They have a time of pronouncement, and they have a medical examiner's docket number. For them, it is case closed. However, if the police officer says in their call to the medical examiner that there is no attending physician who has been treating this person and that the cause of death appears to be a substance overdose, an injury, accident, or a suicide, then the medical examiner will come and transport that person, and they are now a medical examiner's case. After the medical examiner's staff comes and transports the person, the police officer can then leave. If you are a family member and there is an at-home death with the medical examiner decline and there is a need to transport that person, you can check around and get a cost for transporting the person. It is important for you to stress that you will only be responsible for the stated cost for transport and that the licensed funeral service provider should do nothing further until you meet and discuss funeral service options and the cost for those services. It is also important to be aware of the major difference in cremation and all funeral service costs. After weeks and even months of hospice and palliative care, personal and family funds can be low or even depleted. Should the need arise, trust your instincts. Always get a second opinion. 
Look for a cremation and funeral service provided that gives you a sense of comfort, confidence, and inner peace. As they say, the truth shall set you free. Or is that the truth will set your fee? Everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this Death Perception podcast, if you could do me a favor and share it with a friend, please subscribe to receive information on our newly released Death Perception podcast. As my mom always said, life is a present. Choose wisely and wrap it well. I'm Joe Casper.